Okay, we want to talk about this, this next lesson on the Godhead, or the what I call the triune Godhead, or the Trinity. Now, there's a lot of people don't believe in the Trinity. I know, I'll give them to you in a minute, some of the religions and the people that do not, absolutely not, teach the Trinity. But the rest of the people that hear about a Trinity don't understand the Trinity. And uh, so that's dangerous too if you don't understand what the Trinity is. Now, i kind of give you a, a little analogy of it. So that's something you can compare with it. But the Trinity can be compared to the, uh, to the atom. I know you're not scientists and all that stuff. But the atom has uh, three portions. It's got a, a proton, a neutron, and, and an electron. All that's in there. And it has to have that to be an atom. Of course, they, they know how, found out years ago how to split the atom, and that's when technology comes. Imagine what else that we hadn't been able to produce yet because we don't know. God's given, uh, give men the knowledge of how to uh, make things. And when they split the atom, we was able to go into a deeper line of technology. Technology is probably the highest place you've ever seen in your life. And they do things now and can do things that you'd never thought about when they were just a kid. And, uh, you know, it's just there. But we're not talking about that so much. But it, you can kind of also explain this trinity like, like a musical note. Just take a piano. You can hit three keys on the, on the piano, but you only have one sound. They're all three different tunes, you know. When you hit them, they all three got different sounds, right? Yeah. But when it comes out, it comes out as one sound. And uh, so we kind of explain it like that. And uh, there are three notes played at one time. Now, the three main ones that will not believe in a trinity is the Jews. The Jewish religion and Jewish people do not believe in a trinity because they don't accept Jesus Christ as God's son. And uh, they're still looking for the Messiah. That's why they go to the Wailing Wall and pray every day. Another uh, group or religious group that does not believe in the Trinity is the Muslims. How many of them do we have in America? They're everywhere. But they don't believe in the Trinity. Allah had no son. See what I'm saying? They'll tell you that. And uh, so they have no son. So that, therefore, they don't believe in it. And then another is uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. They believe in Jesus, but they don't believe him as God in the flesh. And if you don't recognize that, you you got the wrong belief. And then you got people in the Baptist Church and the Pentecostals and Methodists and uh, Presbyterians and all those they believe in a trinity but they don't teach it in the right manner and they look at it and matter of fact they don't preach it at much at all but you can find the Bible starts off with a trinity now, I've used these scriptures before but we're going to do it again this morning and uh, we'll look at it go to Genesis 1 1 
I say we're going to build a lot of scriptures. We are. We've already had quite a few, and then not as many as you might think either. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 starts off with the Trinity. You have to know the names of God, which is another thing that I'll do, and I started this one time in my preaching, but it was so deep in depth that I had a little problem with trying to get it all across. So it's something we teach like here. Now I take these little lessons we have here and I can get in more depth and we can take our time and do it. You know, when I'm preaching, I'm trying to get as much as I can in. And down here, I know I'm not going to get it all in anyhow. So Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 said, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God. Now, that word God there in the Greek is Elohim. There's several names of God. Elohim, Jehovah, um, and that's a whole list of them. And I'm going to try to give them to you later. But Elohim, it's mentioned over 2,500 times in the Old Testament. And the Jews are very careful about, like Jehovah, Yahweh, they call him Yahweh. Uh, sometimes they'll take the vowels out because they're, they don't know words. They don't know about the vowels, what should go there, and they do not want to disreverence the name Jehovah. So they call him Yahweh, uh, you know, and it's just all conscience and not, uh, not vowels because they don't want to even misspell his name. Would you like to get to the place where you so respected God that you're even careful about how you said his name? Jews do that. Yahweh, they look at him like that. They they look at it. They take all that out yeah. in their writings. But when they translate our Bible, we get it this way. It's Elohim here. And uh, Elohim means it's the plural. You'll look it up in the Greek, you'll find out Elohim is plural. That means there's more than one. You see, so we see in verse number one that God is a plural name. You don't know where you recognize this or even been told this before. If you have, you've probably forgotten it. But Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M, E-L-O-H-I-M, means he is plural. And uh, in and I'll show you that. Look at Genesis chapter one and verse twenty six. We're gonna come back to chapter one, so hang on a little bit. And in verse twenty six, it said, "And God Elohim said, let what's that next word right there? Us. You see, it's plural. See, make man in what's that word?" Our, you know, our circle them, image. After, what's that word? Our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, them, and, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. He's talking about man there on them. Yeah. But I'm saying to you today, Elohim, more than one. Yeah. You see? So that's why 
I'm telling you why I'm a Trinitarian and why I believe in a Trinity. And this is something that every Baptist church needs to be taught. Yep. It needs to be taught over and over and over and over. We need to know this to where we could reference these scriptures ourselves to tell somebody. What are you going to tell them when they say, I don't believe in a Trinity? I don't know what the Bible says about the Trinity. <laughs> bad thing is most of the time people saying that to you you don't know it either so we need to know how to uh, I guess logically and uh, easily tell them how and why we are a Trinitarian or why we believe in the Trinity now the word Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible you've heard me preach that before the word rapture is not in the Bible the word second coming is not in the Bible. It talks about the second coming. It talks about the rapture. But those words are not there. So people, if it's not there, they don't want to have it. So then go to chapter 3 of, of the book of Genesis. Chapter 3. And we're going to go to verse number 22. Chapter 3 and verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us. You see that us? That means there's more than one. It's Elohim. More than one God. See? Actually, not more, more than one God. But a God here is a trinity. He's a plural. More than one. To know good and evil, and now he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. So, chapter three and verse twenty-two says he's that uh, yes Elohim, which is more than one, plural. Now go to Genesis chapter eleven. In Genesis chapter eleven and verse seven. This is where they're building the Tower of Babel after the flood. In chapter 11 and verse 7, it says, Go to, let us, us, go down. You see it? That there, and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Elohim, more than one, plural. All right, we're going to go on a little further in the Bible. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. You see, we're going to a lot of places, but that's good. Isaiah chapter 6. Back in the book we started in earlier, ain't it? Isaiah 6 and verse 8. Isaiah 6, 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Do you see these little pronouns are there? They're there for a purpose. Uh, They're put there for a purpose. It's translated that way. God wants us to know. You say, well, it don't say nothing about the Trinity. Well, it says something about us. How many is us? How many is we? Could be more than one, right? 
has to be more than one. And then in chapter 48 of Isaiah, this is just good. If you just sat and done these and somebody said something to you about the Trinity and you just start rattling off these scriptures, showing them what the Bible says, this will get a lot of people. Amen. Just just like that fella told me this week, he said, uh, uh, he said to me, he said, uh, well, uh, he said, you know, I told him something about the IRS agents. I said that they'd got them and they're all going to be armed. And I said, uh, that's something. He said, well, you know what? They need to get them out there. I said, did you know if you, if you bought something or sold something and you got $20 for it, said, if you don't turn that into IRS, you're stealing? I said, yeah, guess you are. Like that. I said, that's the reason I turn it all into my account and let them take care of it. I don't want to handle it. But he said, well, I'll tell you right now. He said, they ought to get that. And I said, okay, let me ask you a question. I said, I'm not, or not, let me tell you a statement. I said, I'm not too much concerned about people's beating the, beating the federal government IRS. God will take care of them for doing that. God knows the best about any of I said, they've been stealing from us for years. I said, and I'm not sitting here today telling you not to file your taxes. I ain't saying that. Amen. I don't, I don't want the IRS knocking on my door. They probably will with this coming up, especially with the ministry we have here, a non-profit. But yes, yes, guess what? I said, my problem is today, it's not those that are stealing from government. It's them today that steals from God. Yep. He said, what do you mean? I said, you got people who won't tithe. They won't put their money to play. He says, well, he said, after you get a certain age and you ain't got much income, I think it's, it's all right to quit. I said, uh, well, amen. I must have lost something. Would you take your Bible and show me chapter and verse on that and tell me how old you have to be? <laughs> he said, well, that's just what I feel. I said, it don't matter what you feel. That's what that book says. That's right. And he changed the subject on me like just like that. But it's crazy that people believe what they believe. We think what we want to think. And it's it's not what I think or you think. It's what this book says. Right? Okay. Now let's see if I can get more of what I want to be. Go to chapter 48 of the book of Isaiah in verse 16. He said, Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was, there am I, and now the Lord God and His Spirit has sent me. Yep. There are two of them right there. Right. There's God and then there's the Spirit. Right? right? Now go over to Isaiah 61 and verse 1. You said you're just taking the Scriptures and making it say what you want to say. No, I'm just telling you what it says. 61.1 Isaiah 61.1 It said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives 
and the opening of the prison to them uh, uh, that are bound. So you find the Spirit of God and the Lord. Uh, he said, the Spirit of the Lord God, there's two of them, is upon me because the Lord. There's your trinity. You'll look at it in that manner. Now let's go to the book of Luke. Go to Luke chapter 4. I'm just giving you some elementary scriptures that a lot more of can be brought out to you, but these are the ones that are plain to me that we need to see. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord. This is red letters, ain't they? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now that's Jesus, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. See that? There's more than one. That's a plural. That's a plural. I want you to get that. Now I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew, back up, to Matthew chapter 3. You're going to find the Trinity exposed and seen. Somebody said, the Trinity is not taught in the Bible. Well, let's just look back and see if it is or not. Let's go to chapter 3 of the book of Matthew, and let's read verse 16 and 17. This should be red-lettered too. Is it? No, that's not that part. Oh, no, Jesus, okay. No, no, talk about John. Yeah, yeah, it was earlier, yeah. All right, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God. So that's two separates right there. Descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Verse 17, and lo, a voice from heaven. Jesus is in the water. Holy Spirit just lit upon him. And a voice is from heaven. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You with me? You see it? So you got to look at it and remember what, what the Lord's doing here. It's a blessing to see it. You find that Christ is coming up out of the water. The Holy Spirit's descending out of heaven, lights upon him, and a voice in heaven speaks. That's your Trinity. And let's go to Matthew chapter 28. This is the order of baptism, or what we call the formula for baptism. Matthew 28. Matthew 28. And when you get to Matthew 28, look at verse 19. <coughs> I believe you'll find that's red letter. That's what I was thinking about while I go. Teaching them to observe all things. No, no, no. I went to it. Look at verse 19. <coughs> go ye therefore and teach all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> Trinity. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. That's pretty plain for the Trinity, would you say? Huh? Yeah, that's right. See? <laughs> yeah. All right. Go to Ephesians chapter 218. What we talked today and what we're looking at right now is something that you've heard all your life, but at the same time, I'm just giving you the scriptures so you can use them. What you're getting today ain't no good unless you can give it to somebody else. That's why I study, so I can shell it out to you. If it's going to get a hold of me, I want it to get a hold of you too. Ephesians 2.18 The Bible said, For through Him, as Christ, we both have access by one Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, Unto the Father. Is that a trinity or not? Alright, go to 2 Corinthians 13. Be backing up. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. Second Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Is that the Trinity? Yep. There ain't it. Now we want to look at the little thought that God is one God. He's a divine essence. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. All right, now we're going to talk about just a minute uh, the divine essence of God. He's a God. He's one God. Look at Deuteronomy. These are scriptures. Now, these are things I'm teaching this morning. They're in both Old and New Testament. Do you see that? The Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Our scripture is Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. The Bible said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We talked about Him three while ago, or multiple, or a plural. Now we're going to talk about God is one. Trying to unify them and see what God said. Verse 5 said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. One God. We get down to the place that we're going to break it down to where each one's got a specific job. It'll help a little. Now, back up to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 35. 
Deuteronomy 4.35 says, Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. There is none else beside him. Yep. We're trying to prove not only is he, is he a trinity, but the trinity is one. Yep. That's why I preach I'm a Trinitarian. I believe in the Trinity. You stay on this all day, we won't though. Then that same chapter, go to verse 39. Deuteronomy chapter 4, 39 said, Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath there is none else. Right now he's God in heaven and the Holy Spirit's on the earth. There has been a time when God was in heaven and the Lord Jesus was on the earth. But there's always been a time when he's here, but there has been a time when God was on the, in heaven and on the earth yep. in all three. When he's with the Israelites in the wilderness. Which is going to get down to which we're going to talk about the attributes of God, his omnipotence, his omnipresence, his uh, uh, all, he's all powerful, all present, all knowing. Yep. That's his characteristics. It's hard for my little brain to comprehend all that, but it is. So we believe in a monotheism, as we talked yep. about a little earlier. One God. Go back now to Isaiah 44, 6. Reading all these scriptures takes a little more time. We don't move as fast. But I want you to know that they're there. And I'm giving you a chance to write them down where you can go to them. Isaiah 44, 6. Isaiah 44, 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Why don't people see this? It's there, isn't it? Now look at verse 8, chapter 44. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Huh? Oh. It, ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Well, if God don't know it, we're in trouble then. I mean, if he, and, and he knows there is and don't tell us, we're in trouble. God don't even know one. Amen. I'm glad I got a big God. Amen. And then Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 5. He said, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Verse 6 says that they may know... Uh, that they may know from the rising of the sun 
and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Praise God. 45.21 Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together who hath declared this from ancient time, who hath told it from that time. Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Amen. Amen. Verse 22 said, Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Did you recognize and realize that, that there's that many verses in there? And I've just skipped some of them. Now I want to give you another thought or two, and I know time's about to catch me here. We'll see if we can get you time quick in just a moment. But the Son of God is called God. And the Father is called God. And the Holy Spirit is called God. I'm going to give you all three of these and give you the verses. First of all, the Father is called God in John 16. These are over in the book of John and New Testament. And that's where we find out about it anyhow. The book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 16. Letting your fingers do the walking through the pages today, isn't it? John 16, 27. For the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. So the Father is God, right? Because he said, the Father loveth you. So he's talking about him, and he's talking about God in this scripture. Now look at John 1, 1. This is familiar. Chapter 1, verse 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So that's two different people, right? The Word and God. And the Word was God. The Word is Jesus. Because in verse 114, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So what's talking about Jesus? I can give you, I want you to just jot these scriptures down and then look them up. 1 John 5.20, we read that earlier. Revelation 21.7. I don't have them in order. John 21.7. John 20.28. Hebrews 1, 8. <coughs> Acts 20, 28. Yep. Philippians 2, 6. Colossians 1, 15. Philippians 2, 1. 2, 6. Okay. Colossians 1, 1. Colossians 1, 15. Colossians 2 9. Mm -hmm. 
1 Timothy 3, 16. Titus 2, 13. Right? Matthew 1, 23. Isaiah 9, 6. Acts twenty eight twenty five Jeremiah thirty one thirty one through thirty four thirty one through thirty four Hebrews ten fifteen through seventeen I'm going to give you these little three and I'm going to quit because we're going to be starting into another section and it's going to take a while and we're not going to get there. The next thought is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are eternal. All three of them. I'm going to give you the scriptures on them. The Father is eternal, the Son's eternal, and the Spirit of God is eternal. That's one of the re attributes of God. We'll talk about that later. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are eternal. The Father is eternal. It's found in Psalm 90 and verse 2. The Son is eternal in Isaiah 9, 6. And Colossians... One seventeen. The Spirit is eternal is found in Hebrews nine fourteen. And I'm gonna draw me a line right there to stop. That's what we're gonna do is <coughs> next time deal with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit uh, in their attributes what they really are and they all alike in these things and I'm going to give you the scripture you're going to come through that in other words I said it a while ago they're omnipotent they're omniscient and uh, they're omnipresent that means they're present everywhere they're in no everything omniscience and omnipotent potence means that they're all powerful God the Father is not more powerful than the Son. The Son's not more powerful than God or the Spirit. And the Spirit's not more powerful than the Son or the, the Lord God. They're equal in power. Omnipresent. You want to draw them? Uh, we're going to, that's what we'll start off with next time, but I'll give them to you. Okay. Omnipotence means all-powerful. Did you get that? Yeah. 
omniscience, and, and I, we I spell that every time, is just write down omni, O-M-N-I, and write presence out of that paper. Or excuse me, I said present, omni-science. Uh, omni That's why he's omniscience. I looked it down and see if that wrong. And then the other one is omnipresent. Put omni, P-R-E-S-E-N-T. Those are terms that people give. There's not Bible terms. People just declare all this stuff. That's the reason you don't hear me mention all that. I just mention what they are. And I just give you the, I'm doing that in these studies because at least you know where, the, where it comes from. You go home and look the omnipotent up in the Bible in a concordance and it won't be there. You said he said God's omnipotent. He is. It just means he's all powerful. What you need? Omnipotent. O-M-N-I-P-O-T-E-N-T. Potent. Omnipotent. All powerful. That's what omnipresent means. No, omnipresent is he's on, he's he's always always present. Present. Always present. He's everywhere. And omniscience means he knows all. That's do that has to do with science. Omniscience. But it's spelled, I mean pronounced omnis- omniscience. They have done well, brother. Yeah, they've done real well. They have done well. Yeah, I can tell you. It don't bother me. The kids don't bother me. I'm used to it. I got a brother that lives over the house. He's like a young they're they're loving because uh, you had that little one right there and them other two were you they was over there hugging each other I had three and they they didn't do that all the time that was a perfect child <laughs> which one well she's we're through as far as that's concerned. She, I said, you made it through it.